All right, what's up, Sublime Minds? Today's episode, I got a hot one for you. I have an exclusive sit-down with former gang affiliate, Ra, with details on his past and how he escaped the trap of the gang. All right, so real quick, Ryan Sullivan, a.k.a. known as Ra, a.k.a. known as Fat Boy Slim. Tell us about yourself. Give us the background. Yeah, so, you know, um, thank God I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, South Side. Also, um, my set was established on Maple Street, 100 Block. What up? Uh, still my people, man. We're still in contact. We still got love for a lot of those brothers are still trying to come out as well. Um, 44 years old. I was involved with it ever since I was 14 years old. Um, yeah, man. Just, just happy to be here. Glad to be alive. All right, all right. So let's get to the nitty-gritty because I know these guys, these girls, whoever, they want all the details. So first of all, they want to know who is Ra, who is Fatboy Slim, what you talking about, what's your rank, because (laughs) do you really hold weight for them to even be listening to you? I mean, it's your, you know, it's your your prerogative whether you want to listen or not. And what I'm trying to give you, trying to give you life, so. Okay, okay. Uh, But uh, yeah, Ra, Fatboy Slim. 100 Block Maple Street, you know, thank God for the transition. Yeah. I was a four-star general. Um, so you do the research if they're hell, hell weight in the streets, you know what I'm saying? Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. For the ones that don't know, what is a four-star general? What is a four-star general? Basically, yeah. you're a shot caller, you know oh. what I'm saying? You know what I'm you, saying? You, you making a phone call I mean, and they're getting put yeah, down. I, I mean, I ain't bragging on myself. Right, but you know, right, you know but they didn't know. But yeah, I mean, it's... So, That's what it was. You yeah, know what I'm he he was there. He he wasn't I, the corner boy. He, he was I calling shots. Your, yeah, I want your runner. I ain't going to the store for you. See, all right. So we got big <laughs> dog in the house. All right, understand that. Okay, so tell us, how did you get into games? Um, so at the age of 14, my mom was was dating a man. He was very abusive. You know what I'm saying? So my whole life, man, I'm like, I watched this from the age. My father, my biological father, died March 28th. 1982, God bless the dad, love you dad. Um, and then my my mom started dating this other guy. Mm-hmm. And he was very abusive, man. He was like a heavy drinker. He was a brawler. Like he was really like, you know, he was in a motorcycle gang and all of that. Okay. And he would come home and just beat my mom up. So I used to always be like, yo, I'm gonna get this dude when I get older, man. Straight up. Like right. I gotta have <laughs> Got to. And uh, so I'll never forget him one night my mom had fixed it and it wasn't what he wanted. And he literally like busted my mom's head wide open. My mom was leaking. That's crazy. So my sisters, I was sleeping at the time. My sisters ran into the room mm-hmm. coming to get me. Now at the time, I think I'm like eight or nine years old. It's really nothing I could do. But the only thing they knew to do was come get me. And um, when I busted into the room, I mean, he drugged me, but I fought him. And uh, from that point on, I'm like, yo, I got to have this dude. Long story short, I think I was 15, 14, 15. 15. Okay. And um, so that's when I had really began to get involved in the streets. Mm-hmm. I got my first pistol. It was a forty-four. It was a forty-four uh, revolver, Western style, with a chrome with a pearl handle. Sheesh. You know what I'm saying? She was pretty. <laughs> I used to call her Lulu because when she would shoot, it would go boom, you know what I'm saying? It would just let she off. She sound pretty you know nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So called her Lulu, and I remember I, I'm in the house, man. I had just got finished. Smoking like two or three blunts. Back then we rolled Phillies. Now y'all yeah. do backwoods or whatever. I don't I don't get down no more. But you know <laughs> they what I'm saying? They call Back, it all kinds yeah, of stuff. You know now, what I'm saying? I mean, well no, the cigar the cigar yeah. Now, yeah, crazy. We, I mean like the, the blunt that we were rolling in. We did white owls, Phillies, 
You know what I'm saying? Now they doing back backwoods and I don't know. The man. stars made it popular. Yeah, but you know okay. what I'm saying? But yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, so man, we had smoked like three or four blunts, man. I took one to the head before I came in the house. My mom had just made a chocolate cake, I'll never forget it. Gotta and have a so chocolate. I got the munchies, like my mouth <laughs> dry, but my stomach growling. And and so I go into the kitchen, I'm getting ready to cut this cake, and this dude is standing over me, like about to jump on me. Like this your, like, this your mom's my boyfriend. My mom's mo- yeah, my mom's boyfriend, the abusive right. boyfriend. Yeah. Now in my mind, I'm already thinking, dude, you don't even know. Like I, I got it in for you. Now. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm about to give you all the smoke. I've been planning this all my life. <laughs> this is my moment. Basically, like okay. this is the fight yeah. I've been waiting for. And um, he stands on me. He was like, "What's up now, little nigga?" I'm like, "Oh, okay, showtime." Like this is yeah. not a rehearsal. Yeah. Nigga, yeah, it's about to go down. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's about to go down. And um, so, long story short, man, I'm like, oh, yeah, so what, we, we getting it tonight? He was like, yeah, let's get it. And uh, I, I kept my pistol in the backyard behind, under a bush. Yeah. Never brought it into my mom, my mom's crib. I always had respect for her, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I uh, went outside to get my pistol, check my bullets, check my revolver, make sure it was operating correctly because I didn't want to miss. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jeez. I owe you this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I like, this is you. for my mom. Like, and, uh, and as I walked into the house, he had shot out the front door and had my mom with him. Ah, he using her as a shield. Basically, coward. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, the one. Um, I ran back out the back door, and as he's driving by, I let off like three shots. Pow, pow, pow. My homeboy stopped me like, yo, he got your mom in the car with him. Don't shoot no more. And uh, so I stopped shooting, and I remember going back to the block. And um, what's crazy is, you know, the next night I, I pop up at my mom's crib, and she got black trash bags with all my stuff packed. So she putting you out. She putting me out. Like, hey, you messing up my money, little, little dude. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, uh, yeah, you, you can't be shooting at the dude that pay the bills at my crib. But, you know, my thing was, man, this dude beat you. Like, he's... Right literally doing you dirty. Like, I didn't do that for me. I did that for you. You know what I'm saying? And uh, she put me out at the age of 14. And uh, I went to Lane Street. What up, Lane Street in Raleigh, North Carolina? Mm -hmm. It's still popping over there. This was uh, 1993. So. The year I was born. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, long time, you know. Man, but okay, anyway. Long time, long time. You know what I'm saying? Happy birthday. (laughs) That year. Um, so uh, we got the Lane Street, man, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't get any money. I couldn't get a job. I didn't have, and I was basically sleeping in the park. Was you going to school? Nah, man. Dropped out. Nah, okay. I've been done. Like, that was I had been done like school. Like, nah, like I was the weed man back then. Oh, okay. With a weed boy. Cause I was right. just a young, young cat. Long story short, man, um, sleeping in the park. Dude pulls up in a red Cherokee. I mean, it, and it's got New York tags on it. All tint. And um, I'm standing in front of the store on Lane Street. He walks up to me. And um, it kind of bugged me out, man, because this dude gets out the car. And like four or five other dudes get out the car with him. So I'm thinking, you know what I'm saying? I got my pistol on me. So I'm thinking, man, I don't even know this dude like what they coming to do? Yeah, I'm like, man, what's happening? You know, I'm from, I was originally from Southgate. And Southgate and Lane Street didn't, they didn't, you know, they ain't deal with each other. 
So uh, he gets out of the car. He's like, yo, what's poppin', little, little nigga? I'm like, what's good? <laughs> but I'm looking at his yeah. homeboys because they standing behind the doors of the Jeep. And um, he said, I seen you out here, you know what I'm saying? You, you trying to make it or whatever. And uh, I had started to sell what we call back then dummies. It was fake yeah. drugs, you know what I'm saying? Oh man, you so I was I was town. selling I was I was selling fake jitties. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fake rock. Yeah. And um so a couple of the fiends was looking for me, but I'm like, man, I'm I'm strapped. So y'all come on. You know what I'm saying? But I gotta get money to pay for my room. Like I got tired of sleeping um in the park. Dude writes down his number. He was like, When you ready to get real money, you get at me. I'm thinking, man, I don't even know this dude. Like, he yeah. could be the feds, you know? I heard right. something about the feds. And... So it, one night, man, it was just to the point to where I was just, I was tired of sleeping outside, you know what I'm saying? You homeless. Yeah, like... I'm homeless yeah. at 14, 15 years old, you know what I'm saying? Right. Dude, I call him. He shows up at the park. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. Dude yeah. pops up at the park. Same Cherokee. Same group of dudes. I'm like, they either gonna kill me or I'm gonna make it. I don't know what's happening. But, but at this point, I ain't got yeah, nothing else. Yeah, I ain't got so... nothing else because I can't go back to my mom's house. Right. You know what I'm saying? Man, so many people in that position. So he takes me to his crib. He's got two other kids. He takes me to his crib. And uh, he told me, he said, go upstairs, get your shower. Um, you know, he found stuff that I could wear in his crib. Like, this dude's got a, like, a lot of expensive clothes. Like, even yeah. the night clothes was, like, expensive. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he brings me some night clothes. I can't even pronounce the name of it. And um, it was Ita- it was Italian, though. You Probably know what I'm saying? Some you know like them that. New York dudes is real flashy anyway. If you it ain't right. Italian, they got a like if it ain't Versace, swag. yeah, you know what I'm saying? So at this time, he brings me, you know, something to sleep in and uh, brings me an outfit for tomorrow. He said, when you get up in the morning, you know what I'm saying, be ready to, to bark at your boy. And um, so I get up the next morning, and I'm nervous because the whole night I ain't sleeping. I'm in a place where I don't know. What they finna do? Yeah, they downstairs got their music playing. All you can smell is weed. and It's just the whole environment was crazy. Yeah. So I get up in the morning. He's up. I don't even think he went to sleep. But when I get Yeah, but when I finally get out of the bed to go to the restroom, I turn to the right. He's standing there. Yeah. Like, what's popping, little nigga? Like, what's good? Showtime. You know what I'm saying? And I, as I'm telling the story, I'm not going to give his name. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? But um, it says, meet me downstairs once you brush your teeth, wash your face. Get downstairs, we eat breakfast, and he takes me into the living room. He's got blood history on, on, the, on the right and a Bible on the left. Mm-hmm. So you said the blood history, yeah, like for the um, bloods the game, yeah, all yeah, right. The information, you know, our language, how we speak, right. You know what I'm saying, and, and uh, when it started, when it, you know, what I'm saying, come what about, it is. You know okay. What and um, <laughs> he says, um, I pick one. I'm like, I'm going with both of them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I see you getting money. Right. But I see you got, you know, like standards. Like my grandmother was a minister for 42 years. Right. She preached her last sermon on her deathbed, transitioning from, from earth to glory. So the gospel was in you. Yeah, it was already regardless. in me. You know what I'm saying? You it know, was already so, in. Like my grandmother would come get me on the weekends and be like, come on, we're going to church. And I'm like. It, it was in know? there. The foundation yeah. was laid. Yeah, it was already, already laid. Yeah. And so um, he looks at me and he starts laughing like full blown stomach, gut, 
like gut wrenching laugh. Funniest thing you ever told. I'm like, yo, I I'm okay, I done messed up because he is like literally laughing at me. Yeah. And he looked at me. He was like, I knew it. I knew it. I'm Church thinking, boy. You knew what? Yeah. I'm scared now. He goes, I knew you had values. I knew you had standards. Okay. <clears throat> he said, um, <clears throat> nobody in my team, nobody that I deal with, um, is is allowed to not believe in this book. Wow. The so blood book or the Bible? The Bible. Okay. Interesting. And um, he looked at me. He said, you, you got greatness in you. And you're talking about a full-blown big homie. Yeah. But even then, God had directed my life to where even the people I was connected to that won't live in right was still pouring into me. Man, I'm a, I, I got to hit this real quick. If this is not a Joseph experience, <laughs> man, listen. I know y'all might not Word. be Bible scholars for the ones that are listening, but go check it out, please. Yeah, please, please, please. Joseph in the Bible. Just check it out and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Read that long. All right, so, all right, keep going, keep going. That was um, good. <laughs> so, um... We get in the truck, man, and we go for a ride. He takes me back to the block. And he says, um, gives me the key to the crib. He's like, when you get ready to come home, because you stand with me now. So now you got a place to stay. Now I got a live. Yeah. Nice place. And I got some real work. I ain't selling dummies no more. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So you so got now, big boy work yeah, now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got big boy work now. You know what I'm saying? Not big, big boy work, but. Bigger than what you were working listen, with. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I went from like making 150. You know, to 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 making a nice little something. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that night, man, you know, we get back to the crib and all of the homies is at the house. Like the dudes that I seen in the Jeep with him, these dudes is always with him. But okay. now you got like 30 to 40 other cats that's in the crib and they all flagging. They got mm -hmm. red bandanas everywhere. And I'm thinking to myself, man, what I done got into. Like I need somewhere to live. Yeah. And all of them got ratchets. All of them got pistols. They all got hammers. You hear me? They all got guns. And it ain't nothing little. Like, even the littlest dude in the, in the crib had a big ratchet. Man. So, and yeah. And he ain't smiling. The littlest dude ain't even smiling. He just in the corner with his shades on just looking at everybody. So now you got to figure out. I'm in the midst of killers. Yeah. Like, I'm too deep in. I'm, I'm so. in the midst. So, walk in the crib. The big homie go, hey, yo, this the little nigga I was telling y'all about. I'm like, who, me? <laughs> now, I want to know who me is. Like, y'all, please don't look at me. Like, <laughs> I'm shook because I know I'm in the midst of real killers. Right, And right. some of the dudes that was in the crib, I knew them. Okay. But I never knew that they was affiliated with this cat. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, so that night, man, we sat down and, uh, you know, he gave me two, two positions whether I could do this. Mm -hmm. to come in or I could do that to come into the UVN. Mm -hmm. okay. I, I won't say what it was, but All right. um, so it was my initiation. All right. And um, I chose one. And um, later on that year, I, I ended up uh, in prison. Uh, I did a six and a half year bid. You know what I'm saying? And came home. At what? Four, at no, 15, man, 16? So two years passed from that. All right, so about 17 or so. So at the time I was 15, so 17 years old. 
two years in, now you got a six-year bid. Got a six-year bid. So it's, now mind you, everything that I believed in, um, as far as what my grandmother told me, started to kick in. Scripture. Okay. So now While I'm in, a, in jail. I'm in the county jail. Yeah, I'm in the county jail, man. And all I can remember is just reading my Bible. Like they had a little bit of Gideon Bibles. Okay. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Version. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just the New Quick. Testament. That's it. Quick words. You know what I'm saying? And so I was I'm reading that and I remember calling my aunt. She had bought me a Bible right before I went to jail. All right. And brought it to me. And um I asked I asked the administration, could I have my Bible? If my my people brought me my Bible, could I have yeah. it? And uh, they bought it. But that's how I ended up in, 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 in the prison. UBN. You know what I'm saying? The UBN and then ended up in prison for six years. All right. So six and a half. background story to that. So, all right, you in prison. You going back to your roots, the word that your grandmother put in you. All right. So what led up to you deciding, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to do this gang thing anymore. Yeah. When they came in and said my plea bargain was 30 years. Oh, sheesh. <laughs> yeah, let me out but now. Let, let me clarify, because I know a lot of y'all gangsters is listening. I ain't snitch. I took my time. You know what I'm saying? I fired my lawyer. My OG fired my lawyer after the plea right. bargain came back. Uh, we hired another attorney, and uh, he got it reduced from that 30 mm -hmm. to, to 15. Right. My OG said that wasn't good enough. They brought it back in. They decided to convict me as a convicted youthful offender, which means that they would cut whatever my my term was in half. Okay. Being that I was a first time offender. All no right. snitching. No let snitching. Y'all heard it. That's let me how clarify. I went. All right. Um, matter of fact, you can run the name. We gave you the name in the beginning of the, of yeah. the joint. You can run Ra, the name. Ra, AKA Fatboy Slim, Ryan Sullivan. Yeah, That's the it. one. Never snitch. Um, long story short, man. Um, they they gave me twelve years. Twelve. Twelve years, with the CYO. Um, when they were cutting it in half, I you know I was supposed to do six. Right. Um, I ended up getting into a fight, uh, in prison. And uh, I ended up getting six more months added to my six years. Mm. So I did six and a half. Six and a half years. But it was that I found Christ. That's that's the great thing about it. Like. So even though you was doing six and a half years, those six and a half years led you back to Christ. Yeah. So yeah. when you were out there game banging, doing, you know, what you did and moving up in rank, were, were you ever convicted or did it ever, did you ever feel? Every day. Every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, um, for me, because my grandmother, like I said, she preached for 42 years. Right. So like, my grandmother basically raised me. Like, I was at her crib, like, every weekend. Right. You know, up until the time where I could start making decisions on my own and ended mm -hmm. up out in the streets. But I would go to grandma's house to eat. And while I would be there, she would be rubbing my head and not knowing that she rubbing anointing oil on my head. Right. You know, I'm praying, oh, sweet Jesus. I love you, baby. Father, in the name of Jesus. And I'm thinking. It's a praying grandmother. Yeah, there. so she's praying while she rubbing my head. I'm, but I'm eating. The only thing hey. I'm focusing on is the food. And um, what's crazy is there's a there's a power in prayer, man. That oh, absolutely. I don't care who you are. Like, you could be the chief of sub-centers. Okay. But the power of prayer. Supersedes it. Yeah. I don't care what you want It goes above and beyond. It, that, that prayer from a little kid set on you all the way to yeah. now. Yeah. 
Like that's again power, yeah. power and prayer. Yeah. So now you're deciding, okay, the gang thing isn't for me anymore. I'm decided when I get out, I don't want to be back in the streets. I want to clean myself up. Yeah. I want to live yeah. right. I want to do right. Yeah. How does that process work? Because me, I ain't in the gang, but I've just always heard you getting out by blood. That's it. Yeah. Um, so just to fill in, um, I came home and that was the plan. Okay. I did good for like six months, six, seven months. And then it was like, I need a job. Mm. I need a job. And nobody ain't hiring check, you. No, but check yeah. it. The only ID, to get a job, you need a birth certificate, a social security right. card, and an ID. The only ID I had was a prison ID. Wow, you didn't. So as soon as they. your mom put you out. Yeah. You ain't had nothing. I ain't had nothing. So as soon as they see my prison ID, they're like, we'll give you a call. So by the third time I heard, we'll give you a call, I'm like, oh, they playing with me. Oh, y'all want y'all want to play? I'm gonna go back to what I know. Right, I'm about to be serving your daughters and your sons a lot of dope around here. Now, you know, I was trying to do right. Right, and that's a lot of people's story yeah. right now, trying to do right, but it seemed like there's no way out. Real quick, word of encouragement to those that sit, sitting in that, You're trying to do right, but it just seemed like the world is swallowing them whole. So they they say that prison is like rehabilitation, and Nah, it's it's a money gimmick for the state. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know as far as North Carolina, they're like one of the biggest racketeering states ever, and they still not being, you right. know, put in court right. by the feds for 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 racketeering. You know, racketeering. So, um, re, is it rehab? No. Is it racketeering? Is it making money for the state? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, the whole goal is to make sure that these brothers know that they do have options, though. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? These brothers and these sisters, because we got sisters that's, we got some women too. that's banging harder than some of y'all do. Man, listen, that's why I want to make sure we clarify. Put them in yeah, there too. Yeah, we got some women, we got some girls that's banging harder than most of these dudes. I won't get into that. Though. So, what's up with the getting out process? How how does that work? Um, for me, it was a little bit different. My big homie, mm-hmm. uh, is is locked up right now doing time. Okay. Um. There again, you remember when I said to you, he put two things in front of me. Right. The Bible, blood history. Right. Um, and so n- not knowing it, he had also been raised by his grandmother. Wow. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Who was a believer in Christ Jesus. And uh, he got in there and got that double life sentence. Mm. So he went back to his roots. Mm-hmm. So he's in there reading scripture and getting closer to Christ. And uh, he tells me, yo, man, this thing ain't all cracked up to be what we thought it was going to be. Right. Oh, pause right there. This is not what y'all thought it was going to be for the ones that that's thinking about getting into the gang. And they sold them this dream about what it's going to be like to be in the gang. Mm -hmm. What's the truth behind the veil? Um, I mean, it's a it's a controlling thing. You okay. know what I'm saying? I, and, and a lot of y'all, if you're gang affiliated, you're going to be real upset with me. And that's cool. I, I ain't got no problem with that. But if we look down to the bad factors of what goes on with brothers that are gang affiliated in gangs, um, associated with gangs, um, 
Let let one of them big homies tell you to do something and you don't do it. <laughs> Off with your head. So they want to feel like they got a choice, but really when it come down to you it, you no ain't choice. got no choice. You better follow them orders. <laughs> you better follow them orders or you and your mama going to be swimming with the fish. Man. So it, a lot, some, some people I've heard get into it for protection or to feel like they got a family or whatever, but at the end of the day, is it really family? Is it really protection? Because as soon as you don't do what they want, then you again, you it's chances are you I out mean, of here. Yeah, but you know, now one thing I can say, um, Jay-Z had a song where he said it was all good just a week ago. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's how fast things can change. Yeah. Like there's definitely out and out. This new age game bang thing, I don't understand it. But back when I was doing my thing. Right. Um, like it was a really a sense of loyalty. Okay. But that sense of loyalty came with, you know what you're supposed to do when you're told to do it. Right. So you either do it or you know your other option. Right. So, but the loyalty has always been there. The love has mm-hmm. always been there. And that was the thing that drove, drove me to it. Because now my family didn't really deal with me. Right. They didn't really, because now, I dropped out of school. Mm-hmm. Now, screwed up as my family was. Um, all of my siblings graduated from school. One went to college. The other is now married to like this guy who has a lot of money. Okay, <laughs> so sis Lennon, shout <laughs> out sis. Sis is like now okay. uh, the administrator for like this great corporation that is owned by her husband. And I haven't talked to my sisters in almost like five years. Man, you know, they see we, you now. So, so you, we, I came home from prison and automatically they cut me off. Okay. So then we had a season where God restored the, the relationship mm-hmm. and I got back out there and they cut me off again, mm. which I can't really, I can't really blame them. Right. Because, all right, you just came home. You're 21 years old. You should have some kind of consistency right. with your life. Now, you know what happened. You seen your homies getting killed. And you're going to do it again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I can't really blame them for cutting me off. You know right. what I'm saying? The decisions I made. Um, but the gang was always there for me, mm-hmm. like be it right or wrong. Right. Like they be, they make a joke like, oh, here come the pastor. <laughs> I'm like, bro, stop playing. But they know every Sunday I'm in church. Right. I'm going to lead a block and I'm going to church on Sunday. That was just my thing. You know what I'm saying? And uh, when Tuesday nights when Reverend Sanders come on, uh-huh. I'm shutting down a dope house. Uh-huh. We watching Bible study on the, yeah. Crazy, crazy. Like, so everybody in the gang isn't necessarily bad, a bad nah, person. Man. Nah, and that's, but that's the, that's the image that the media and the government want you to have a gang members. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, you know, um, we would get up on Sunday, Saturday mornings mm-hmm. and clean up our block. Right. And go to the store for the old ladies in the hood. You know what I'm real saying? Real work, real work. So yeah. So going back into the process of getting out, what was the step? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. For you to get out. I got sidetracked. Nah, that's good because they need to hear that. Um, so for me, my big homie gave me the green light to fold my flat. You know what okay. I'm saying? He was like, "Yo, it's it's not, it's not what we think it is." Right. He said, and everybody that I took care of, mm-hmm. I didn't get one letter. Mm-hmm. You know, by this time, you know, he's been in there for a while. Right. So by this time, he's trying to figure out, like, where the money at. 
Yeah. You know, the wife then ran off with somebody else. You know, um, the kids were relying on her in, in order to communicate with him. Nothing. So by this time, he's like, you know, everybody I, that I took care of left me. And the only thing that's still standing is the word of God. He was like, that's wow. why when you said both of them, he was like, I, you know what I'm saying? Because this is the only thing that after we've been forsaken by everybody else, bro, it's the only thing going to stand. The only thing you got is God left. So help me understand, um, and for the ones that's listening, you said you, you got the green light to fold your flag. Mm-hmm. So it was just... It was just like that, okay? Oh, nah. They called me, called a shot, and nah. then you got to fold, nah. fold the flag, nah. or? Nah, because now, pardon my friends, now niggas coming for your head. Because you, okay. Even yeah. even with the shot call. Yeah, even, even yeah. with him, like, shooting the kite, saying, yo, fold it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You can't trust, he really felt like he couldn't trust nobody else. Right. And um, so, you know, you, you come back to the block, you know, mm-hmm. just breathing through. And you got home, it's like, what's poppin', nigga? I'm like, same thing that was last week, try me. Yeah. You know, just because I'm out don't mean I'm soft, bro. You know? So, so okay, so with that, there is, understand there is some backlash It's going to always be some aggression. It. Yeah, it's going to be some aggression. But, again, keep walking through your process of um, getting out and staying out. So once you folded the flag and you was back on the block, how long did that last where you felt safe to be back on the block with a folded flag? I mean, I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to feel safe regardless. All right. You know what I'm saying? Because back then I stayed with a strap. I stayed with a split splash, a knife. Yeah, I always had something on me. And I had a couple of cats that was always, like, we grew up together. That didn't right. game bang. Right. And they would shoot us. Right. So they'd be like, bro, when he's try you. So, but what, what about but, for the ones that, that don't? They feel like they're a loner out there. Um, man, you 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 gonna have to get out of the air. You gonna have to get out of you gonna have to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah. You got to move. You got to get out of there. Um, you know, Scripture said that a a prophet doesn't have honor in his own country. Right. So now, when you come into the true sense of who you are, Mm -hmm. and those people are still in darkness, the Bible says that light and darkness have no comprehension of each other. None. So you, you can't now be walking in the newness of life and thinking your old homie's going to be cool with you changing. Man, it's going to hurt, but you heard what he said. You know what I'm saying? You got to move around. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think it's an old proverb that says, um, a wise man can act like a fool, but a fool can never act like a wise man. Sheesh, that's good. You know what I'm saying? That's good. A wise man can act like a fool. He can act crazy, stupid, but, he still but in his knowledge. head, he still got his knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Right. But a fool ain't got none of that. So every time he opens his mouth to sound wise, they looking at him like, "Bro, come on, man, what are you talking about?" So to, to still stay in that same area now that you've got your knowledge, your wisdom, your understanding, right? You're not gonna be respected because you now you have genuine understanding of transitioning mm-hmm. where they still in the darkness and they don't have no understanding or desire to come out of that. Right. So to live your life in freedom, you got to move. You got to move. You got to move. All right. So you move, you decided to move, right? Cause you in South Carolina. Yeah. So you decided to move. Um, how did that, how did that look from you? You went from no money to a whole bunch of money. 
to no money to a whole bunch of money. Now you want to do everything the legit way. You're out of the game. You want to do it the right way. How did, how did you work that process? A whole lot of prayer. Prayer. Back to prayer. <laughs> a whole lot of prayer. Um, man, it's crazy. Uh, just last month, I'm going to be real with y'all. Just last month, I'm going to keep it 100. Pastor, forgive me. <laughs> I got to keep it hey, 100, baby. We're not here to judge, but uh, we're here you to help somebody else get free. But the Bible says that you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Right. This is going to set somebody free. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, just last month, I had to pay my rent. Right. I didn't have all the money to pay my rent. Mm-hmm. So automatically the devil goes, you know, you still got uh, some connects in the street and you got three or four people to owe you some product anyway. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and find you a hood around here. Mm-hmm. Let them know that you got it. They're going to connect you. Right. And you'll have your money for your rent. Quick and easy. And I pondered, on, I, I promise you, I pondered on it for like two days. And um, I come to church that Sunday. Yeah. And I was like, God dropped the word in my spirit. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Songwriter say it may not come when you want him, but he's on time. Right on time. Um, so literally, <clears throat> there are gonna there are gonna be moments where you a whole lot of prayer mm-hmm. and learning how to trust God. Facts. A whole lot of prayer and learning how to trust God. And let's just let's let's come on a on the natural side of things. Okay. You're gonna have to learn how to budget your money. Budget your money. Mm. Because you ain't just balling out here no yeah. more. Like for me, because I came from selling dope, um, $100 looked like 1000 to me. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I can get some more. I'm going to spend this buck. <laughs> but you, you have to change your mindset. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So coming out of the game and staying out of it, especially in times where you're going to be tested. Right. Because you are going to be tested. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Definitely going to be tested. Real talk. And it's it's easier to retract than it is to elevate. Yeah. Um, I think about a rubber band. And even the smallest rubber bands, when you stretching it, you got to work to scratch that rubber band. Yeah. But only thing, you, you just let it go and it no, automatically, no. it goes back. No yeah. effort. It's so easy to go back. But you're going to have to work to go and, forward. And that's the thing that I dealt with, <clears throat> so Scott, is, you know, mm-hmm. I dealt with, being in a gang is a different kind of loyalty. Okay. And one of the things that I said to my pastor, what up, pastor? Love you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, my, that's my man's. Um, my loyalty is a little bit different because I came from a loyalty where we do everything we got to do to make sure our set is, is good, is right. straight by any means. So now I brought that same loyalty to Christ. Mm-hmm. I brought that same loyalty to my church family. That's good. You know what I'm saying? And so I made my pastor, at first I made God a promise right. that I wouldn't go back. Right. But I also made my pastor, my co-pastor a promise right. that I wouldn't go back. And so coming into church, seeing them mm-hmm. and him looking at me going, you good? Right. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. You sure? Right. Yeah, I'm sure. You sure? I'm like, pray for me. And he looked me dead in my face. He said, don't go back now. True man of God. I ain't had a whole conversation with him about what I'm going through about my rent, nothing. Facts. Don't go back now. 
trust God. And ended up, my rent got paid legitimately. Come on. So coming out, you're going to have to change your mindset. You're going to have to do a whole lot of prayer. And you're going to have to learn how to trust God. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, you've been that person for so, so long. So long. And now transitioning to a law-abiding, God-believing person. If you want to conquer the island, burn the ships. Sheesh. That's good. Now that that you done got to where you're going to be, there are going to be challenges. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But in order to conquer those challenges that are on that island, that place of your promise, you got to burn every option to not go back. So burn the ship so that you can't go back. Burn them bridges. That's good. You know what I'm saying? That So I literally, when I got here, when I got here, I took every phone number out of my phone, Mm -hmm. but some of them were still on my Facebook. Mm, ah. So guess what I did? I went and deleted them off of my Facebook. I had to burn the ships. Yeah. Tori, I had to burn the ships. Yeah. Because if I have any options, I'm I'm going. The smallest crack in the door yeah. is the easy way out. Yeah. You gotta cut them off. And in this season, you go in this season I learned that I had to dig deep. Before mm-hmm. they build a a, a, a multi-story a building, yeah. they got to dig down until they find bedrock. Right. Because if they build it on top of the dirt, the building's going to collapse. Yeah. Yeah. So in life, I had to dig deep till I found Christ the solid rock. Sheesh, your foundation. I had to go to my foundation, Christ the solid rock. That's good. You know what I'm saying? That's good. So y'all brothers, y'all sisters, y'all going to have to dig deep because if not, your, your building's going to start to rock. Your faith is going to start to rock. And when your faith starts to rock, now the enemy comes in with the power of persuasion. He mm-hmm. says, come on, you know, uh, you still got that option. Take away the options. Take away the options. God, I'm going to totally trust you. Right. I'm going to totally, I don't know what it looks like because I ain't never seen nobody totally trust you. Right. But I'm going to trust you. Mm. And if you don't come through, it ain't that you didn't want to because you can still come through. Right. But the thing is, God always comes through, just not on our time. Right. Right. Just not on our time. Right. So my transition, I'm 44 now. Mm-hmm. I'm 44. My transition was supposed to happen when I came out of prison at 21. It didn't happen until 44. Another 20 years. You remember when, when uh, Samuel came to David's house? Yeah. To David's father's house? Mm-hmm. The father put all of the brothers in front of David. He said, this is all. He said, no, you got Samuel. He said, no, nah, there's another one. Yeah. That's going that I need to see. Mm-hmm. And when he saw David, he anointed him as he, king over yeah. Israel. And he sat on the throne for years. He had to send him back out to the sheep. Still working, but you anointed as a king. As a king. So you still So when I came out of prison, yeah. I knew that I was anointed to do ministry. I knew that I was anointed to do work for brothers who were stuck in the game. Yeah. And even though the calling had been placed on my life and I had been chosen for that. I still had to go back out to the pasture and fight because David had to fight bears and lions. Right. right. So I had to deal with my time of being out there fighting those demons, Mm. the demons of addiction, the demon of perversion, Mm. the demon of lying, cheating, stealing, robbing and everything else that I did. Right. But I always remember in the back of my head what my OG said to me when he brought me in. You destined for greatness. (laughs) I never forgot that. Never forgot it. 
So even though I was back out there mm -hmm. and not looking my part, mm -hmm. looking like a, a dirty boy in the spirit I'm talking about. Right, right. Because I, when I was out there, I was looking real good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> worldly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Real worldly. Yeah. But the outward appearance looked good, but the inward was full of dead men bones. Mm -hmm. I looked good on the outside. On the inside, I was torn and tattered. Mm. And I was out there fighting those demons just like David was out there fighting the lions and the bears. Right. But in the back of my mind, I for never forgot who I was. The time said my grandmother prayed for me, rubbing on my head. You look good, son. Father, in the name of Jesus. I never forgot. And when yeah. she was rubbing my head, she was placing a crown on my head. Didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. And so I now at pray. 44, after all of my experiences, mm -hmm. the Bible says you, you mustn't have need to go through Samaria. Mm -hmm. Some area. Ah. Some, S-O-M-E. That's good. Area, A-R-E-A. -E some area. You have need to go through some area, Samaria, which was a place that the Jews avoided because they said that the Samaritans were, were savages. Yeah. That's what they said about my gang members in the street that I love. Mm. I got need to go through Samaria because somebody out there need what, what God put in me, Thanks. what God gave me. That's good. You know what I'm that's, saying? I know I was so, sidetracked, but that's all nah, gone. that's good. So, real quick before we wrap it up. For the ones that say, man, all that sound good, what they talking about sound good, but I done done too much. <laughs> I don't knock some people off. I don't, I don't call some shots. Ain't no way. Listen, it says uh, do not kill. You know, it, it, the Bible says that. It's, ain't no way God gonna forgive me for all the stuff that I done. Well, what you got to tell them? So first of all, thou shall not kill. That's the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. We're, that's the law. That's the Mosaic law. You know, the law under the, the terms of Moses' law that was established mm -hmm. by God. Okay. We're under the law of grace now. Okay. Okay. The Mosaic law says that uh, tooth for tooth, eye for an eye. Mm -hmm. Kill them. If they do something wrong, kill them. Right. But the law of grace said Christ came mm -hmm. and died for all of your sins. Right. And because of the blood, we have now been reconciled to the Father. Okay. So, yeah, you kill somebody, mm -hmm. you knock somebody off, you rob somebody. Mm -hmm. You've know, you, you done a lot of dirt. Mm -hmm. But it's because of the blood of Jesus mm -hmm. that I, st I stay here today, set free. Right. In my mind, in my spirit, right. in my heart. Mm -hmm. Like folks that did me dirty, mm -hmm. I learned how to forgive. Mm -hmm. say, oh, you forgive, but don't forget when you truly forgive, you forget it. You don't hold that against them. Right. Because that's what Christ did for me. Right. He forgave me for being the dirtbag that I was. Right. You know what I'm saying? All right. So now, go ahead. So so basically, for the ones to clarify, so what he's saying is there's a grace. Even yeah. in everything that you did, there's, yeah. there's a grace for you. But understand, you can't finesse God. So oh, you no. can't keep knocking off and no. then saying, yeah, I'm grace, and I'm going to come back next time. And then... That ain't how it works now. The and there's consequences to your actions. Yeah. I understand that. But there is a grace for you in all that you have done. Understand there yeah, is yeah. a grace available to Thank you, you in your relationship with God if you choose to accept Jesus yeah. as your Savior. Yeah, you can't finesse a finesse. Her. Yeah, no. Nah, that, like, that ain't going to happen. When they come to me to get them, used to come to me to get them quarters, them quarter ounces and whatnot, they, bruh. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so if you let me do this, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> then I bring this, you know what uh -huh. I'm saying? Yeah. Because you know I got you, bro. 
You can't play that game with God. Absolutely not. <laughs> you can't play that game with God. You either want to give it up mm-hmm. or you don't want to. There's no gray areas. None. None. Going back to it, you got to burn the ships. You got to burn the ships. Sheesh. There's no gray area. So, you know, um, we're trying to start a program. Right. You know what I'm saying? For people that's trying to get out. Right. You know what I mean? So um, so that we can teach them how to deal with the transition. Right. So what we got going on here is you heard it from the guy himself. Um, we're working on a program here. For the ones that are listening and you still have questions and you still want to know a little bit more on how can I get out now. So I have an email address for you. Yeah. Fundamental. F-U-N-D-A-M-E-N-T-A-L-C-M at gmail.com. Fundamental C-M at gmail.com. Hit the inbox. You don't have to share your name, your gang, whatever, how you want to do it. Listen, we got you. We can keep it anonymous. Email. We're going to keep it anonymous. Email. I promise you. And we also, again, if you would like to connect or get into this movement on teaching these young brothers and young sisters about the gang life and how to get out and come to Christ, hit the email. Fundamental. F-U-N-D-A-M-E-N-T-A-L-C-M at gmail.com. I think I'm actually going to do a part two to this because this was good. So uh, we had Ryan Sullivan, a.k.a. known as Raw, a.k.a. Fatboy Slim, went from a four-star general to a kingdom Christ citizen. Um, He is out here making moves for God now. He yeah. is helping people off the streets now. Hit us up in the Gmail. We're going to do a part two. Um, we're going to interview some more. Yeah. Any more um, last comments or anything else you want to share before we head out? Um, 